What is Decision Tech by Fidelity? It's technology that can help you find a stock based on what's trending or an investing goal. It's real-time insights and information delivered in your own customized view of the market. It's smarter trading technology for smarter trading decisions. And it's only from Fidelity. Open an account today at fidelity.com trading. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. Other people want to make friends? I'm just trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain, but it's to educate, it's to teach, it's to put it in context. So call me at 1-800-743-CNBC or tweet me at Jim. Kramer, this is the way Hell Week ends. Not with a bang, but with a whimper. If you only looked at the close, Dow gaining 114 points, S&P advancing 0.37%, NASDAQ inching up 8 basis points, you could be forgiven for thinking this was just a slow end to a pretty, well, you know, entertaining week. In reality, it was a crazy day, one that started in the red after the president ratcheted up his tariffs on Chinese merchandise from 10 to 25 percent, the last thing the stock market wanted to see, and then got really spanked when the largest IPO in years, Uber, debuted with a total thud. Yep, the consensus on Uber was that it would be a red-hot deal. Instead, after raising more than $8 billion at the offering price of 45 bucks, the stock took a dive, closing at 41 and change. Ouch! But the craziest thing of all is that after getting clobbered in the morning with the Dow down more than 350 points at its lows, the market actually ended up taking both of these things in stride. And Hell Week drew to a boring conclusion, even as it was indeed the worst week of the year for both the S&P 500 and the Nasdaq. With that in mind, what's the game plan for next week? Okay, on Monday, we should find out how the Chinese are going to retaliate for these new tariffs, right? China's China's got a, a problem, though. For the most part, our companies just haven't had that much success in penetrating the Chinese market. The Communist Party's been too good at keeping out foreign competition. So they don't have many ways of effectively coming after us. Sure, the ABCs come to mind, Apple, Boeing, and Caterpillar, but Boeing has a huge backlog. Caterpillar only now gets about 5% of sales from China, which leaves Apple. And it's not like the People's Republic can just put Apple out of business. Say, by the way, certainly not with that service stream. In short, despite what you may have heard from myriad talking heads who don't examine companies like we do in Mad Money, the Chinese government's got a weak hand. They just don't have the cards to hurt our economy as much as we can hurt theirs. Uh, By the way, that's been the whole premise of Trump's trade war. China has more to lose than we do. So I believe the sell-off we've been dealing with could now peter out. Hey, listen, we've gotten the tariff increase and we have the Uber IPO over with. That's certainly the sense I got from the end of today. Remember, Hell Week, the week I've been the most worried about all year because of all this new supply, is officially over. And that's just plain good news, even if Uber's brand new stock seemed pretty tarnished by the end of the day. Next week, we can start focusing on earnings again, starting with Take-Two Interactive, TTWO. That's a big video game publisher. Then you have Grand Theft Auto, right? Earlier this week. Electronic Arts reported better than expected quarter, and stock initially shot up, only to give up the ghost later in the day, because this hasn't exactly been an hospitable environment. Now, Take-Two doesn't have a Battle Royale game like EA, but they've got a great stable of franchises, and CEO Strauss Zelnick has a history of practicing EUPOD. Yes, under promise and then over-delivery. I bet the stock pops. 
Oh, here's one I really like. Tuesday's Ralph Lauren. Okay, and I expect an excellent quarter, just like last time. CEO Patrice Louvet has done a remarkable job here, working hand in hand with the great Ralph Lauren himself to offer a more focused lineup of products while also pruning the less profitable stores. I bet he does it again. We also get results from CyberArk. That's the cybersecurity play. I don't know if you remember that we've uh, said a lot of good things about this one. Uh, we also have another one, by the way, Symantec, uh, one of the big uh, security software companies. They saw its stock get eviscerated today. It's down more than 12% in the wake of a lousy quarter. And you know what? I'm a big believer in this theme. So even though it didn't report, uh, don't, it doesn't report next week, I am going to authorize buying Symantec on Monday. Okay, and that's because of the terrific interim CEO, Rick Hill, who has made us a ton of money. I don't know if you recall what he did when he sold Novellus to Lamb Research. And on Monday, I'd also be a buyer of Cyberox Stark. And why? Well, that's Udi Makati. He's the CEO, and he's won over so many clients by showing them that their network's Achilles heel, that's that so-called privileged accounts, have access to everything. And you need Cyberox to protect these keys to the digital kingdom. Mokati's chilling sales pitch has done wonders for the business. Good cyber stock. Hey, okay, I got one that I'm not that crazy about, though. We had an update on the cannabis industry. It's when Tilray reports. Regular viewers know I prefer canopy growth as the best to breed player here. If you have to own a pot stock, please take a pass on Tilray and go for canopy, especially after the big run Tilray had today. Next up, even in the best of times, I don't recommend many Chinese stocks. It's too hard. But there are some exceptions, including Alibaba, the Amazon of China, which reports on Wednesday. I think Alibaba will put up some terrific numbers because the Chinese government's spending a fortune to stimulate their economy and spur domestic consumption. How about American consumption? We hear from Macy's, and the last time the department store chain reported, well, Wall Street hated it. While the stock has almost been cut in half versus its highs, which are from last year, and it supports a bountiful 6.7% yield, there's one big problem. Because we had bad weather in the first quarter, uh, even if Macy's surprised the upside, I doubt it'll be much of a beat. Still, that monster dividend gives you a lot of protection if you say, you know what, I got a hankering for a retailer. We got results from Cisco on Wednesday night, and I'm concerned about this one. Oh, not because of Chuck Robbins not doing a great job. He's doing a fabulous job. It's because even though Cisco, the company's doing incredibly well, Cisco, the stock, it's been insane. It puts a lot of pressure on the situation. That's how good it's been. Now, we own it for my travel trust. You can follow along by joining the ActionLawyersPlus.com club. But in, true, you know, in pure candor, because I like to play with an open hand, we did a little trimming over this week because the stock is up so much. We're letting the rest run, though, because I'm a big believer in Cisco's transformation from a hardware company into more of a hardware and software and security company. Hey, speaking of transformations, Walmart reports on Thursday morning, and there's a revolution going on here. In just the last few years, Walmart's become one of the most amazing grocery stores in the country with prices that are ridiculously low. And we're talking so low that they're giving Amazon a run for its money. More important, the stores are clean and fresh, and the employees actually seem like they're liking working there, uh, which is something that happens when you give them a raise. And to the close, we hear from NVIDIA. We've avoided this one for about 100 points for the Travel Trust, but now we're back in. Why? Because NVIDIA is doubling down on the data center with its purchase of Mellanox. I know it's already bounced a lot from its lows, but I think you can buy some before the quarter and buy some more after. And we will be sitting down with NVIDIA CEO Jensen Wang in person. Wow. Jensen Wang, just a hero of mine. We're going to see him in person in San Francisco. You know how excited I am about that? He is a visionary, just a world-class visionary, one of our greatest minds in this country, Jensen. Wow. All right, we're, 
We've all witnessed the craziness that was Uber, the money-losing rideshare company that didn't exactly set the world on fire when it came public today. But you know what got people truly excited? Pinterest, the $15 billion image-oriented social media platform that advertisers adore. Pinterest is absurdly expensive. I mean, honestly, the stock is just outrageous. But given the dearth of social media plays, the valuation could turn out to be justified when it reports this day. It's so darn expensive, but... Oh, people love it. Oh, finally, on Friday, we get results from Deer. When the president tweeted today about helping farmers, I couldn't resist thinking of Deer, the phenomenal manufacturer of farm machinery, among other construction and gardening equipment. There's just one problem. Before the government starts bailing out our farmers, the Chinese have to target them with retaliatory tariffs. So I say let's wait before pulling the trigger on this one. And so far, what we've seen from the Chinese, let's just say they got more ahead on that one. Bottom line, we made it through Hell Week. And now that we've made it to the other side, we can finally start talking about earnings and interest rates again, not just tariffs and the Uber deal. Thank heavens. And I bet that means the market will attempt to stabilize at these new, lower, but oversold levels. Rich in New York. Rich! Jim Kramer, thank you for making me a much wiser investor in so many ways. That's all I can ask. You know, thank you for that. It's been a real long day, and it makes me feel great. Thank you. It's an honor. Listen, uh, JPM has been best in class, producing stronger results and trading at new highs for years. I'm a longtime investor in the bank, and I think highly of Jamie Dimon's leadership of the bank. Recently, you made uh, some mention about executive changes at the bank, which might indicate transition plans for when Jamie Dimon retires. Your opinion is important to me, and my question is this. What are your thoughts on JPM going forward oh, for the I medium like and longer Boy. terms? Both in terms of continuing operations and when Mr. Diamond retires. Well, we don't know what Mr. We don't know what Jamie's going to do. Um, We do know that he's run a terrific bank. Uh, We also know that it's been a core position for my uh, chapel trust for just ages, and that's not going to change. It is the most expensive of the major banks, but that's deservedly so, given the fact it is incredibly well run. All right, we did it. We survived the week I said that was going to be the worst week of the year, the Uber week, the hell week. Now we get back on track and talk about something other than tariffs and Uber, which will help us go higher once again, or at least stabilize, for heaven's sake. We made money tonight. All week we've been flooded with doomsday scenarios of what would happen if no deal was reached with China, but our company's better prepared for a trade war than we think. I'm telling you what stocks with the most China exposure say, say to us, and they're screaming to me. Then I'm revisiting my 5G recommendations, tell you which companies to consider in the ever-evolving space. And it helps over 18,000 brands, including Delta, HSBC, and Home Depot, communicate with their customers. So should you consider a live person? I'm talking with the CEO. Stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at cnbc.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. What is Decision Tech by Fidelity? It's technology that can help you find a stock based on what's trending or an investing goal. It's real-time insights and information delivered in your own customized view of the market. It's smarter trading technology for smarter trading decisions. And it's only from Fidelity. Open an account today at fidelity.com trading. 
Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. For over a year now, the White House has been sending American businesses a very simple, very clear message. Get out of China! And despite all the hand-wringing about the trade war, a lot of companies have been listening. Just look at Dollar General and Dollar Tree. Two stocks that should have been substantially lower because we think of them as made-in-China plays. These dollar stores should be in the most trouble in terms of needing to eat the cost of the new tariffs. Because it's not like they can really raise their prices, right? They're dollar stores. They get tons of merchandise from the People's Republic. You'd expect these stocks to be absolutely crushed here. Yet Dollar General, which didn't even have a good quarter, is only five bucks away from its all-time highs, up 13% year-to-date. And Dollar Tree, it's up 104, down just over seven bucks from its highs, and up 15% for the year. They sure don't sound like stocks that are in the crosshairs of the president's higher tariffs. So what's going on here? Simple. Earlier this year, Gary Philbin, the CEO of Dollar Tree, came on our show and explained that his sourcing teams had learned a long time ago that they can't afford to be hostage to any one country especially China. In short, they're already prepared to get their merchandise somewhere else, which is why this company won't need to crash through the dollar barrier anytime soon. As long as the stocks of Dollar Tree and Dollar General, heavily exposed to China, are hanging in there, don't you think it's pretty hard to knock down the stocks of Walmart or Target? Oh, they just aren't as vulnerable as you might think, even as they certainly have real exposure. We've seen the same thing from Five Below, the chain where everything costs five bucks or less. Again, they get a lot of their inventory from China, yet the stock is only down $13 from its $148 high. And while that may sound significant, you got to remember, I mean, this stock's up 32% year-to-date. Why? Because, again, they're frantically moving away from China. Our companies are not oblivious, people. How about the industrials? All right, now this group's tougher because it's about selling into the Chinese market, not buying from China. When you consider where the growth is coming from for many of these companies, a lot of it's dependent on the PRC. Yet Emerson, which is among the most skewed to China, just reported OK quarter. Stock barely got ding. In fact, it's up 12% for the year. United Technologies does a ton of business in China. It's up 29%, although some of that has to do with anticipation of the big breakup that will unlock a ton of value. Only 3M, which, uh, which a special niche Chinese auto business is, uh, well, let's say they're kind of stuck in. Only that stock's really getting hammered here. But there's so many things going wrong at 3M that I really don't want to blame it all on China. We know the consumer packaged goods companies have long coveted the Chinese market. Procter & Gamble and Estee Lauder both have a lot of exposure, but they've had excellent China numbers, and their stocks have been terrific performers. I like both stocks here. How about Starbucks? China's now their second largest market, yet no one seems to mind because the st- large compensation stock is around 22% year-to-date. Wall Street didn't love Nike's latest quarter, but the company has deep ties with the People's Republic, and it's still up 13% for the year. Then there's the two Yums. Yum Brands, and the parent, the Yum Brands which is the parent of KFC, Taco Bell, and Pizza Hut everywhere outside of China. That's up just 10% year-to-date. Then there's Yum China. It's up 34%. Maybe the Communist Party will call for a boycott of KFC, but the stock seems not to be saying that's in the card. Anyway, the transports, this is another one that seems to kind of boggle your mind. Union Pacific is the most lever to China because it gets so much business from ports on the West Coast. Doesn't matter. Thanks to Precision Railroading, that stock's up 27% for 2019. In fact, the only real sign of worry in the transports is FedEx, which has spent a fortune building out its Chinese business. However, even after reporting a disappointing quarter, the stock's still up 10% for the year. So what does that leave? Which companies are really being crushed by the trade war? Really, you're down to the big three, and that's ABC, Apple, Boeing, and Caterpillar. 
But Apple's been one of the best performers for the year. It's gaining 25%. Boeing's still up 10% for 2019, even with the 737 MAX issue. And Caterpillar's up 3%. These stocks are, are, are they're really, are, all they're telling me is that, that our companies are far more ready for Trump's tariff increase and the trade war than most people think, as are our portfolio managers. Nearly everyone in the business community saw this coming. They've talked about it endlessly, and they've made a lot of the necessary adjustments. You know who hasn't been, you know who's been caught off guard? The pundits. And that's why the market could only rally. And what you would have been expected, come on, to be a really ugly day. Stick with me. In a wildly volatile market like this one, where the Dow could lose 350 points this very morning before making a dramatic comeback in the afternoon, it really helps to have some conviction. If you've identified high-quality stocks with phenomenal multi-year growth stories, you can confidently load up the truck when we get hammered. Conviction is what lets you treat a horrifying sell-off as a buying opportunity. So what deserves your conviction? What themes are worth believing in right here, right now? I've got one that I just keep coming back to because it's just that good. And I'm talking about the rise of 5G wireless networks. Over the next few years, the telco carriers will spend billions upon billions of dollars building out the infrastructure for their next generation networks. And all kinds of technology companies that enable 5G phones will make fortunes as consumers upgrade their handsets to take advantage of much faster downloads. Once 5G rolls around, you won't notice much difference between your cellular network and your Wi-Fi connection. I think it's going to be a great opportunity, which is why I've given you a bunch of different ways to play it. I'm going to keep bringing them up to you. I've got the telco infrastructure place, and now we're talking about Nokia and Ericsson, the chip makers with 5G exposure like Skyworks Solutions at Qualcomm, Xilinx, that's been hit of late, Broadcom, and networking equipment companies like that are making major bets in technology. And here, of course, the one I always suggest is Cisco. We talked about that at the top of the show. But tonight we're going back to the 5G well because, well, it's just such a great story. And there are just so many different ways to play it. These are exactly the kinds of stocks that are worth buying into a market-wide moment of weakness like we had today. And while the worst of the latest decline may be behind us now that Hell Week's over, there's always going to be another sell-off. I've got three more 5G stocks that you may want to consider owning here. One of them you know, and a couple that are a little more obscure because I haven't talked about them much. I'm talking about VMware, the Cloud King, and then Two chip makers, Silicon Labs, and one I've mentioned just uh, only just once or twice, Marvell Technologies. Let's start with VMware. That's a stock that held up surprisingly well in the recent turmoil because this company is one of the leading players in cloud infrastructure and their virtualization technology is integral to the rise of the data center. As much as I love VMware, and you know I do because it's one of our cloud kings from way back, I haven't spent much time explaining the 5G opportunity here. Mostly it's been about how to get on the, uh, on the cloud. I haven't talked about this way, but I got to tell you, let me tell you how it works because it's re- really exciting. VMware has a telco cloud offering that makes it easy for wireless carriers to upgrade their networks. Once the carriers have their 5G infrastructure in place, they'll be able to do something called network slicing. Basically, they can run multiple virtual networks on the same hardware, save a lot of money. In other words, 5G can be customized. It's not one size fits all. But if carriers are going to take advantage of the opportunity, they need the best virtualization software. And, you know, when you think of virtualization software, you must always think of VMware because it's VMware's bread and butter. And we know the telco companies are already biting. 
I want you to listen to what COO Sanjay Poonin had to say the last time he was on Mad Money, and that was back in March, when I asked him about the new business VMware had just won from Vodafone. We become that quintessential infrastructure for that transition. Vodafone saw that, redid a lot of their open source stack, and now 15 out of the many countries right. are running on VMware. We're partnering with companies like Ericsson for what's called network f- function virtualization. And similarly, AT&T is also working with us in the U.S. in areas like SD-WAN. So our goal is to get every telco, as they think about 4G to 5G, VMware is the indispensable company that can help you in that transition. Well, that's a pretty good pitch, huh? When it comes to software-defined infrastructure, VMware is the undisputed best-of-breed player. As telco companies build networks that need to run on both 4G and 5G hardware, they need VMware to ensure a smooth transition and get the most out of the big build-out. Even without 5G, this is a terrific company, but now it's got one more awesome kicker. And by the way, you get days like today when the, you, know, you see the Dow down 300, and it's blown away all the NASDAQ. It's the worst week for the NASDAQ this year. Take a look at how VMware holds up, will you? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mentioned the other day, I, I said uh, ServiceNow, that was a big, but VMware's just like that. Next up, there's Silicon Laboratories, a company I've never spoken about. It's a semiconductor company with lots of exposure to the Internet of Things, communications, autos, and industrial control products. This is a high-quality company, but from the end of 2017 through this past March, the stock gave you nothing. Despite lots of M&A activity and new product rollout, Silicon Labs was dead money. When the company reported some disappointing results with awful guidance at the end of January, the stock got crushed. Analysts after analysts started downgrading the stock. But over the past six weeks, Silicon Labs has been a rocket ship, rallying from roughly $80 to $101 as of today. Why? In part because the, the stock should never have been so low in the first place. But also when the company reported again at the end of April, they shot the lights out, delivering a terrific top and bottom line beat with very robust guidance for the next quarter. So what allowed Silicon Labs to make such an incredible comeback? In January, they told a pretty grim tale. Now suddenly everything's hunky-dory, and that's all thanks to the Internet of Things and, well, yes, you guessed it, 5G. As CEO Tyson Tuttle explained on the conference call, and I quote, we expect Silicon Labs' wireless infrastructure revenue to more than double in 2019 with a promising new growth driver in 5G, end quote. More than double? I mean, holy cow. Apparently four of the world's top five wireless infrastructure makers are already using their chips for the 5G rollout. That's pretty impressive. You know, and I've seen, you know, they've created a lot of Internet. They've created a lot of these ETFs. Believe me, if you stick with us, we are giving you the best of the best, and we're not charging you for it. So even though the company got some macroeconomic headwinds right now, including in in China, 5G is such a a huge opportunity that it's giving the stock a new lease on life. These guys make some of the best high-performance silicon-based radios and baseband processors in the business. And as this 5G build-up ramps, uh, this small part of their business is going to grow much larger as part of the whole. Plus, it doesn't hurt that Silicon Labs pulled back hard this week. It's currently down 9 bucks from its highs, thanks to the recent semiconductor sell-off. I think it's a bargain now. Finally, there's one that's very intriguing. It's called Marvell Tech. This is a better-known chip maker with a lot of mobile exposure, but it makes the 5G list because it made a transformational acquisition last summer. Uh, yeah, this, what they bought was a company called Cavium. 
CAVIUM for $6 billion. It's a deal that has turned them into a key solutions provider for the whole infrastructure segment, including 5G infrastructure. The old Marvell was pretty much of a traditional storage play, but the new Marvell is poised to be a major player in 5G, the cloud, artificial intelligence, enterprise hardware, and the automobile market. They recently signed a long-term partnership with Samsung to provide processors for their 5G base stations, and management says 5G sales will start to ramp near the end of this fiscal year before growing rapidly in the next fiscal year and beyond. This is one exciting story. Now, it just so happens that this stock is currently down 9% from its recent highs. I think you're getting a nice buying opportunity here. That said, the company reports in three weeks, and Wall Street wasn't exactly thrilled with the last one, although I think people would have liked it more if they had listened carefully to the conference call because management told a terrific story. I wouldn't be surprised if Marvell ends up delivering an upside surprise. So feel free to put on a small position beforehand, but even if the stock gets hit, I would be a buyer into weakness. Notice, I like these stocks. I'm not saying, and wait, wait, wait. I mean, 5G is happening. The bottom line, in a confusing market, you should always be ready to fall back on your favorite long-term themes. And right now, the 5G build-out is one of the best. And VMware, Silicon Labs, and Marvell Tech are now three more great ways to play it. I need Carson in Arizona, please. Carson! Hey, Jim. How's it going? Oh, Carson, been a wild day. How about you? Oh, same. I'm, in, I'm heavily invested in JNUG right now. It's not looking good. But... Oh. Okay. Uh, I, I wanted to see what your thoughts were on Maxar Technology. Oh, man, you know, you got one that is not my fave. I feel awful. You know, it's satellite technology. I've, I have not liked this stock, and I'm going to have to say don't buy. Don't, don't buy. take it personally. Don't buy. Don't buy. It's not a fave at all. All right, let's go to one more. Let's go to uh, – no, that's it for us. And that's it. And then, well, okay. And 5G is the theme that keeps on giving. Take a look at VMware, Silicon Labs, and Marvell Tech as a way to play it. Now, much more may have money ahead. How is live person leading the charge in conversational commerce? I've got the CEO and the bot. Then a man who puts the charm in Charm City, Super Bowl winning head coach of the Baltimore Ravens, John Harbaugh. And all your calls rapid fire in tonight's edition of the Lightning Round. So stay with Kramer. When a stock has had a huge run and then it starts trading sideways, how do you know if the upside's over or maybe it's just taking a breather before resuming a long march higher? And that's the question we need to ask about Live Person, LPSN, a software company that uses artificial intelligence to help its clients handle customer relations management. Basically, their technology allows you to automate communications with your customers via text. Instead of hiring a legion of customer service reps, Live Person uses bots. Now, this stock has been an incredible long-term performance, up from $6 three years ago to $29 today. But in the last few months, it's kind of not been doing all that much. Even when Live Person reported it, a solid quarter last week, and the company held its first investor day in seven years just two days ago. Well, it couldn't seem to gin up as much enthusiasm as I thought it would, but then again, I mean, it, is, it was hell week, for heaven's sake. And now maybe once we get through this gauntlet, the stock will start climbing again. So let's take a closer look with Rob Locascio. He is the founder and CEO of Live Person, who's waited 19 years to come on here, although we've only been on for 14 years. And I am so thrilled to have you, Mr. Locascio. Welcome back to Mad Money. Good to see you, sir. Thanks You've been at it for a long time, sir, oh, yeah. and you, you have many different iterations, including in, in your uh, uh, excellent uh, earnings report. You even talk about how you had to switch some iterations, lose some clients, and then bring them right back again. You had to stay current, but it's not easy because you're ahead of your customers, right? Yeah, we made a big pivot two years ago and launched a whole new platform, and I said there's a bigger future in bots and AI than there was in chat that I invented many years ago. 
So we went for it, and you can see the performance has been really great. And your team is really top-notch. Yeah. I mean, you've got a lot of people think of, when they think of voice, they think of Alexa. I think yeah. maybe they should be thinking about live person because that's who you have running your, your group, right? Yeah, I brought Alex Spinelli in uh, about a year ago, and he was running the core development team for Alexa. And we brought in a lot of people from that group because, you know, the difference between us and Alexa is, is he, Alex can work on all these brands, thousands of brands, you know, the Deltas of the world and the T-Mobiles of the world, instead of just one brand, Amazon. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I was going to tell you, Delta, T-Mobile, yeah. Home Depot, three wins for you, are three of the most customer-centric companies yeah. I know. Why are they, uh, why don't they feel that you necessarily at all times speak to a human? Isn't that what people used to want? Look, it's, it's, we do do human interactions, right. and, but we know a lot of those conversations can be automated. But look at Delta. In a couple of weeks, instead of your flight's late, you call the phone, you're on hold, you're going to be able to message a contact center, talk to a bot, right. real time, get what you want, change your flight. All of that will happen without being on hold. And that's really why these brands are gravitating to it. Look, we're messaging our friends and family. Right. We're not calling people anymore. Be so why hold. call a brand? Right. Be on hold is probably... Well, I mean, isn't there a way to be able to lift your business from a company that you may have people on hold to switching to your company? Yes, and that's what we saw with T-Mobile. T-Mobile literally pulled the hold technology out. Think of this. Millions of customers now T-Mobile, they don't have to be put on hold. There's no, no press one, press two. You go straight to a person. You're messaging them. You're doing what's natural to you. And that's really what we see is, is happening and it's changing the game. I, I have to think that the companies that don't do it will lose customers to the companies that do. It really is a bit zero sum out there in a lot of cases. Look, right now, Apple just opened up iMessage to businesses. Every business in the world is going to have to be on iMessage through our platform. Wow, Facebook Messenger. Business, huh? uh, all, all I saw Luca was on the same page as yeah. me and your deck. Thank you very much. I know. Much. I was going to see a bulb app. Like, yeah. one, of the, one of my heroes. So it's always nice to see that. But yeah. one of the things I think that uh, I know that you know I was excited about is that there's a big Philadelphia company. It's a great company called Airmark. Yes. And we had discussed last time one of the incredible things yeah. you can do when you go to a stadium, talk about not wanting to miss yes. a game. Talk about. Every minute's crucial in the game. So what do you do to help us? So we now have this thing called Brew to You, where right from your seat, you can message a bot, have a beer hot dog delivered to your seat. But now we have something really cool I want to tell you about, which is out in the Cosmopolitan Hotel in Vegas, now there's a bot called Rose when you check in. And she tells you everything about the hotel. <laughs> she can help you cut the line at Marquee, which I guess is their cool club. Right, right. But this is all about people engaging with the brand and talking to this bot that's like there. And it's there for you. And people, after they leave the hotel, keep talking to Rose. Well, there. <laughs> that's sticky. That's sticky. Now, I know you're a person who cares about people, too. And I know that in many ways, artificial intelligence is... Uh, I don't want to say better than people because that's not different. Mm -hmm. My mom would have said, what do you mean better? Yeah. But how do you balance the uh, what happens and that there are people who, in call centers who are, are, let's just say, they're going to have to be retrained for other careers because AI uh, voice is better in a lot of cases, right? What we're finding, though, is we take our technology. It's called Maven. And right. we enable, actually, the contact center reps to create the bots, deploy them, and own the bots. And so we see is we have a contact center down in the Dominican Republic. There's a woman there, Laura, who created a bot for, uh, uh, not Home Depot, but... Uh, Don't worry about it for a customer. You know. Yeah, for one of our customers. And basically they deployed it and they were able to um, basically create this bot, sold millions of dollars worth of grills called Grill, Grill Master. And so she was empowered to basically create that bot, deploy it, 
and, and change her life. She's doubled her salary. And that's the power of this thing. Okay, so who, uh, Miriam Vogel is the executive director of Equal AI. What is Equal AI? Mean? So Equal AI is a nonprofit we set up a couple months ago. And I started to realize that AI has to be out there in the hands of many. It's got to yes. be democratized. Yes. It can't just be with the big tech companies. So basically, what we want to do is take all the knowledge we have. And it started with, you know, I saw my two-year-old watching me command Alexa. Okay. Alexa, turn on the lights. Right. Alexa, play music. And I said, she's seeing me command this AI, and it's a woman's voice. And I think what we're seeing now is children are being affected by this. They're, they're going to school. They're making commands. They're following this. And I said, we've got to change the way we deploy AI, we manage it. And I want to bring the best practices into a nonprofit. And we have other people like who are joining us, other brands that are, are taking part in this. So well, give me an example of a, of a good best practice that may not have been the case before you decided to push it. Okay. Why do we have a woman's voice as Alexa? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, right. So it could be any voice. It could be a man. Right. Why does it have to be a woman's voice? So I think we have to think about these things before we deploy them to millions of people and we affect their lives. All right. Well, look, I'm glad you got a conscious about it. I also think that you have made it so that I don't have to be on hold, which is something That's that all, gives yeah. many people's minutes life back in a, in, a, in a world where every minute does matter. I'll take that minute back. That's Rob Lacascio. He's the life, life person's founder and CEO. Really good analyst being right on top of a very good quarter. Mad Money is back in for the break. And then the lightning rounds are, are you ready, Skig? Daddy's over the lightning round. Because we're with Mark in Georgia. Mark! First time caller, long time listener with a big booyah to ya. First time, long time, I salute you. What an honor to speak with you on Uber IPO Day. Thanks so much for all the great help this week, helping us keep calm and educated, telling us how to sort Well, it was hell week. We had to bring it. What's up? I'd like to know about ADP. Automatic, Automatic data, data processing? processing? Oh, my. Even up here, I see great quarters, great quarters, great quarters. I need Michael in Hawaii. Michael! Aloha from Honolulu, Jim. Whoa, man, good my to have stock. you on the show. What's going on? Calling about uh, stock Domo. Domo, uh, we like that. The Utah-based enterprise software company. We think they're terrific. I want them back on. I thought they were terrific. Let's go to Peter in Connecticut. Peter! Booyah, Jim. What's up? Uh, I wanted to know what I should do about the stock Aurora Cannabis. The stock's been struggling lately, but it's yeah, yet to expand I, in the I, U.S. I, I, I know. I mean, look, I'm trying to limit the number of cannabis stocks I recommend to Kronos, and then most, most importantly, Canopy. Ah. I care about balance sheets. That's what determines things for me in that Wild West era. Fernando in New York. Fernando! Booyah, Professor Kramer. Booyah. Sim- symbol ESTC, elastic. My brain is inelastic when it comes to elastic. I do not know enough about them to opine. I am sorry. Let's go to Philip and Marilyn. Philip. Jim, how's it going? I am doing well. How about you? I'm doing well. Happy Friday. Yes, same. All right, so I'm calling about company C SPAN. The ticker is SSW. Oh, you know, a tanker, a containers. No, we just don't recommend those stocks. Don't buy, don't they have, buy, well, don't they buy, have don't hurt buy, too many people. I, excuse me if I'm pay, paying with too broad a brush, but we're going to say don't buy. 
Let's go to Raymond in Indiana. Raymond. Booyah, Jim. Thanks for your service. My okay, thank you. Thank you. WBA. Walgreens, should I buy? No, it? no, we don't want it. We don't want sell, that sell, one sell, at sell, all. Sell, sell, Why sell. do we not want that don't one buy, at all? Don't buy. Because they are really vulnerable to the Death Star, which is Amazon. Let's go to Paul in Massachusetts. Paul. Ba, 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 booyah, Jim. Wow, how do you like that way that he came approach that? What's going on? Legion of Champions. Listen, I want to thank you for your high energy and all your knowledge. I try to bring it every day. Jim, I'd like the skinny on Regenix Bio, IGNX. A lot of good ink in the past few months. Well, you know what? You know this one better than I do. I, I know Regeneron, which did not have a perfect quarter, but we ought to do some work on Regenix Bio because I don't know that one very well. Let's go to Mike in Connecticut. Mike, Mike, Mike. Jim, Jim, how are you? Mike, I am doing well. How about you? Good, good. I hope you don't get tired of the praises and the thank yous because you were... You helped me and my wife retire. We retired her early, and I retired on time. Never get tired of it, especially it's nice. Uh, it's a nice counter to some of the people on Twitter who think that I'm the dumbest person. They, you know, dumb as a bag of hammers. I beg to differ. How can I help? I okay. My my question is about Sirius Radio. Let me tell you the short story. Okay, sure. Give it, it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. About 25 years ago, we bought this stock, several thousand shares for under a dollar. We kind of forgot about it and just held it all these years. I just started selling some. Is there any growth left in that? Not much, to be honest. I think you're making the right move, and I've been behind this from 2 to $3. I think you're really kind of pretty far along in this one, and I am going to agree with you. Sell, sell, sell. There you go. And that, ladies and gentlemen, conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. I'm blocking out the noise tonight because I want to get it right. Now, there is just one problem. The crying baby that pierces the headphones with a high decibel scream goes like Mr. T as Clubber Lang in the famous Rocky Three. Her prediction is pain. Buyers have gone full honey badger. We've had the biggest decline since the bottom of December. Honey badger don't care. As I said the other day, by Tuesday, it'll be a sunshiny day. Stick with... Kramer, there's a real possibility his... Gotta bust this. If they're down day, can Etsy craft the company? Sorry, he wasn't even ready. Money, I'm just trying to see. Bust that, bust that. And even then I would... Ka-ching, 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 ka-ching. This week, when we caught up with Kevin Plank and Patrick Frisk of Under Armour, we also got a chance to check in with one of the greatest inspirational leaders in America. I'm talking about Baltimore Ravens head coach and Super Bowl 47 champion John Harbaugh. He was there as part of the amazing Armor Day, which is all about giving back, which you know we love. Take a look. Coach, you're one of my heroes. What I'd like to know right now, what are the three words that actually epitomize your coaching? Oh, man, you're going to throw passion, relentless uh, uh, relationships. How about that? Three words off the top of my head. You got to care about people. Well, that, you know what that makes me sound like? It makes me sound like team, team, team. 
Oh, yeah, that one, too. Well, that's kind of our logo, the team, the team. <laughs> it's all about the, you know, you think about, though, team first, right? I mean, if nobody cares who gets the credit, how much can we accomplish? Maybe that's kind of a lesson in our country we could, we could take to heart, you know, and get some things accomplished. Well, Coach, I got to tell you, maybe we take it one town at a time. Your commitment to Baltimore has been extraordinary. You have been there arm in arm with Kevin Plank to bring the town back. Just talk about how hard that is to do, but how meaningful your team is to the town. You know, it is meaningful. We were, uh, when, the, when the riots happened, what, four or five years ago, uh, downtown, and uh, we went down there a couple of days afterwards, took the whole team down there. We, uh, we distributed food. Giant Foods was amazing. And we were walking from, from where we were distributing to one school to the next school. And people were coming out of the houses, from their houses onto the street, and just hugging our guys and walking with us and being a part of it. I, it kind of blew me away. It really opened my eyes to what, what the Ravens mean to Baltimore, what sports mean to people in the community. And really, what a great community this is. How many really good people there are in Baltimore that really care you know, about one another and want this town, want the city to be great. Then you see what, what, what business is, what a corporation like Under Armour, which has made a commitment to Baltimore, which cares about the city. You know, Kevin knows his roots. He stayed right here when he didn't have to and is creating all these jobs for all these amazing people right here in Baltimore, right here in our own country. I mean, it just blows me away. And then not just that, all the community stuff that they're doing, Armor Day to Day, what they're doing with that, and really all across the country and the world. Uh, you know, that's what, that's what business is all about. That's how you make a difference in the world, uh, you know, with our system. And I'm just kind of just kind of grateful to be a part of it, really, to be here today. I'm not done with the things that you've done because I know you're a humble man. I'm not going to be humble in talking about you. Your work that you've done with the U.S. military, you're a major advocate of that, doesn't get talked enough. Just please give me and our viewers some of the things you've done for the military. Well, I mean, I was just graced by uh, General Ray Odierno, who's a great friend of mine, who was the chief of staff of the Army, to... Uh, to, to, to go to Iraq and to go to Afghanistan and go to Turkey and, and watch him work and be right down there in the trenches to, to take a helicopter out to a forward operating base uh, in Afghanistan and to see these guys and these gals, what they do for our country. And, you know, when we're at home at Thanksgiving or Christmas or Easter or Memorial Day and we're enjoying a cookout, we're at the pool, it's because of the, the men and women and the families that sacrifice for us. You know, as we say, freedom is not free. It's a saying, but it's also an absolute truth. And, uh, and our military is responsible for that. So we can't be grateful for that. I don't know what we can be grateful for, but when you get to know families and children whose, whose mom or dad are gone for six months, a year, a year and a half at a time to, uh, to just to make our country better, to make, a, make it a safer place for us, to make a difference in the world, and you get to know these kids and you see what great people they are too, it makes you want to help in some small way. And I would just encourage anybody, anywhere, everywhere, to support our troops wherever they're at and make a difference for it. And you can send you can send a box of goodies somewhere. Uh, you can you can show up. You can uh, provide daycare for kids. You can do a lot of things. Uh, Coach, I, I, all meaningful for our viewers and, of course, meaningful for our country. Coach, you're a rigorous man. You Sometimes you have to make hard decisions. We learned that in business. Joe Flacco, an amazing man. Always remember him as a raven. How do you deal with the tough decisions that make it so you have to part with someone as great as he is and what he's done for your Super Bowl, how do you make a decision like that? And, and, and how hard is it to live with? 
You know, it's, 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 it's really not hard to live with because I think the thing that we've been blessed with and when you start at the beginning, decisions like that are not ends, they're really beginnings. And it goes back to the beginning of, of who you have and who you surround yourself with and the kind of people that you have. So, I mean, everybody on our team understands that it's the team first, like you said. What's important? The team, the team, the team. That's what we're here for. It's simple. We're here to play football. We're here to be the best we can be, work as hard as we can, be about each other. And when nobody cares who gets the credit, you know, it's, it's amazing the things we can accomplish. But if we're going to put ourselves first, if it's going to be about who's playing water, who's doing water, who gets the ball, or all those kind of things, then we're not going to be our best. And, you know, I think in that situation, you know, Joe got hurt. You know, he, he just, right. he was injured, and Lamar had to step up. And Lamar stepped up, and the team rallied around him. They were excited. Yeah, they were disappointed that Joe wasn't going to be able to play, but they were excited for the fact that, you know, Lamar was going to get his chance. And then Lamar took his chance, and he ran with it. And Joe came back. Joe was the first guy to tell me that we needed to stay the course, that Lamar needed to continue to be the quarterback because we were on a roll, and that was the best thing right. for our team. So when you got a leader like Joe all Flacco right. who's, who's, who's out front like that, it makes all the difference. All right, Coach, one last thing. I would be remiss if I didn't congratulate you on picking up Ingram, but we are huge fantasy football t- uh, fanatics on Mad Money. Does this mean running back by committee because you've got two other good running backs, or do we give the rock exclusively to Ingram? This might be like considered insider information here, Jim. I don't know, you know, but I think we're going to I think we're going to spread the ball around. It's going to be it's going to be Ingram, but it's going to be all of our backs. You know, we added a nice little speed back in the third round. We took two wide receivers first and third round are going to be fast guys for us. We already have some young guys. I mean, we're moving the ball around. We're, our our idea is to change the way the game is played in the National Football League. I know it sounds big and grand and all that, but you know what? Why can't we do it? We've got some young, talented guys. We're going to see football a little differently maybe than the league has seen in the last couple of years and see what we can create. So it's going to be fun. Let's, let's watch and see what happens. Uh, coach Harbaugh, you are a delight to speak to. That's, that's Coach Harbaugh. He's the head coach of Baltimore Ravens and a former specialty teams coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. Thank you so much, sir. Great to have you on the show. Love you, Jim. Thanks for having me on. Ah, right back. Thank you so much, buddy. Great to see you. Hell Week's over, and we're headed to San Francisco for a heck of a lot of new ideas, which is exactly what we need in this environment, believe me. Like I said, there's always a market somewhere. I promise I'll find it just for you right here on Mid Money. I'm Jim Cramer. I'll see you Monday. What is Decision Tech by Fidelity? It's technology that can help you find a stock based on what's trending or an investing goal. It's real-time insights and information delivered in your own customized view of the market. It's smarter trading technology for smarter trading decisions. And it's only from Fidelity. Open an account today at fidelity.com trading. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC.